on SEN. Jack Revolt's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Uh, it certainly is. Welcome to Jack Rewald's Tiger Time for Swintopia. Switch up the scenery and discover student life with Swinburne's open world experience. Sam Hargrave's in the chair this evening, joined by the man himself. And it has been a, a very, very big week uh, for the Richmond Football Club, as we know, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the win against Fremantle, probably least of all at the moment in the minds of many, uh, but there is a massive game ahead for them this week. This could be one of the games of the year. Friday night, Geelong and Richmond cannot wait. A mouth-watering clash He's set to unfold there. But there's some things to work through first and uh, fronting up, as he always does, because his name's on the show. So he sort of has to. He's Jack Rewalt uh, up in Hub Life on the Gold Coast. Hello, mate. Hello, Sammy. Thanks for filling in, in again tonight for Jackie Heaven. We've... Uh... We've, well, we certainly haven't downgraded because last show that we did together was an absolute corker. Oh, they I mean, still talk it about corker. it. Still, it's rating, rating number one, I reckon, on iTunes. I don't know the actual facts, but I'm going to call it. It's, uh, Let's go it's with that. It's of the century, mate. But, oh, the century. No, Jared uh, Whateley will be very, very disappointed to hear us laying claim to that. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> uh, mate, it's been a... Well, it's been a... Uh, well, after a... Not a great performance against the Dockers, but uh, the ability to get over the line and get the four points, it's been pretty difficult and sort of sombre mood around the around the hub up here. And, uh, yeah, obviously uh, not not uh, not ideal circumstances post that game. No, they weren't. So let's go through them. Uh, and we'll, we'll jump just straight into that. And we'll talk about the win over Fremantle uh, soon. But uh, let's address the elephant in the room that is Callum Coleman-Jones and Sydney Stack. The events early Friday morning that uh, led to uh, what we now know as them being suspended for 10 weeks and being sent home uh, from the hub and uh, the f- club being fined $75,000 and then having the suspended 25000 put on top of that from what happened with uh, Brooke Cochin. So $100,000 fine to the club, 10-week suspension for both of those. Take us through the events of that night and that day and, and how we found ourselves where we are now. Yeah, well, look, I think first things first is that um, we've, had, we've had two young men make a very, or make not, not one, but a lot of very poor decisions. Mm. Um, and... and the easy thing to do is to ostracise them from the group and say, "Look, that was their that was their choice." But the the, the sign of a good football club and the sign of a good organisation is that we own it. And the, and the chief came out and spoke the other day and said, "Look, it's um, clearly it's not ideal." And, and us, like uh, the fans and like people out there that are reading the the article and seeing this unfold, are um, pretty gutted, or not pretty gutted. We, we, we're we're gutted about how this has gone down because we know that it, it affects us and it affects us all and in many different ways. Um, but directly affecting us is that um, our football clubs copped a, a pretty decent, pretty decent whack, um, and deservedly so because we've stepped outside of the the guidelines and um, and I think the chief said that we've we've lost well and, and I agree with him is that we've lost some respect from. From people in the in the media circles, people in the football fraternity, and um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I think that's the thing that cuts the the deepest the most is that we feel like we're a great organisation, um, and and we've had a couple of young men that have, have, have like I've said, made the decision to to pull against the fabric of of our organisation, and, and it really hurts. Yeah, it really really hurts. So this is the the second time that the club has found themselves on the wrong side of a, of a COVID breach. Um, and we can go through all that at the moment, but just take us through 
um, for you guys. And we know the situation and, and the circumstances around what both the guys did. The club had a nine-day break. They'd been given approval to celebrate the birthdays of a couple of players. Uh, that had wrapped up, and, and these two decided to get in an Uber, which was the first breach, go to a... An establishment that was the was wasn't um, where they weren't allowed to go, and then we've seen the footage of what happened at the kebab store after there, and the altercation that uh, ensued after that. The, the police involvement, and and then the penalties that have been handed down since. Take us through from your point of view. I suppose when you first heard that this had happened, and then how it sort of played out after that. Because from, if I was in your position, I can imagine that the moment I'd heard that had happened, I can imagine how I would feel. How did you feel? I was probably a little bit of disbelief, really. Um, mm. We are, we are in, well, most of the players are in, in one hub. We've got some families over at, at the Royal Pines, which is a sort of stone's throw away from here. But most of the players are in this hub. And then the news started to filter between us sort of early morning. Um, and, and then you sort of just go into, you just go into wanting to obviously know what's going on and, and uh, find out the facts before rumours start to spread and, and it was released pretty early um, the AFL got onto their investigation and the club got into their investigation pretty early but for, for us it's just I mean, we can't we can't do anything about the night and so you sort of go into a mode of like radio. this is what's happened let's get the facts on the table let the, the powers to be because this is a, above a player's leadership group um, decision it goes to mm. the, 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 the higher powers and and that's with the AFL and obviously the high powers of the club. And they'll make the decision. They make the decision on the on the penalty, which they've done, and they pass that down. But for us, the, we go into a mode of what can we what can we directly affect? So you, you look at your your playing group, um, and you start to put all your energy into into them because there's there's guys here that are that are great friends with Callum Coleman Jones and Sydney Stack, and have grown up with them through a draft and spent a lot of time with them in here in a hub and. Um, Whilst they'll be extremely disappointed, they're also worried about their, their mate. Um, because naturally, when you care for someone, if they do something wrong, you, you're angry at them at the start, but then you start to go, oh, oh, like, oh, you, you, you care for their mental health and you care for them as a person. And, and we, we sort of put all our energy into that to make sure that, that our younger, younger group are, are okay. Um, it's, a, it's a really big issue. And, it, um, and, and the older guys that have been around have sort of seen stuff when... Other clubs have been in situations like this, or we found ourselves in in sort of situations that haven't been um, haven't been the greatest of, of situations. But we we learn our lessons from those, and we we go into the management of our people. So um, that's sort of probably I reckon the culture part of it. Now the culture's been questioned by outside people, and well, I want to get to that with you. Oh, we we will get to that, and and it's great to have you here to be able to play us out through the process of what went on and. When is there for when the playing group get to hear it? And you spoke about when that came started to come through. Were you were there feelings of anger? Were, were, were players frustrated and 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 angry? And this is not about uh, as you say trying to hang these guys out to dry. But I'm just and I think a lot of people are curious as to the initial response because if there's one more um, COVID breach from Richmond, then there's premiership points that can be stripped and there's draft picks and things like that. So it is really serious for, for many, many reasons. And we know about the COVID side of things but and about the game and, and the tender hooks that it's on and being able to play in Queensland and what needs to happen for that to continue and all those things. But there's also a very serious repercussion if this is to happen again. So is there anger from the playing group when, stuff like this, when, when this actually happened? Well, Sam, I think there's a whole wide range of emotions that go yeah. through and then... Um, naturally, there's there's some frustration, oh, well, a lot of frustration, I'd say, from from some people because they understand, we understand the consequences. Mm. Um, we understand the consequences that 
we've put ourselves in and um, we only have ourselves to blame um, mm. because this is a team sport and we're not going to ostracise the boys and, and throw them out. We, we, we're going to own it. Um, and, and I think the club's done that really well. Um, it's, uh, yeah, there's a whole wide range of emotions that go through. So you're taking it as a failure of a football club, not as a failure of two people? Well, that's team sport. You can't yeah. take it as a failure of two people. They've gone against the grain of, of what we're about. And, and the majority of our actions, and I say majority, and I mean 99.999%, are of solid, solid, good cultured football club and a club that is built on respect and mm. built on... Um, Connection, uh, built on love and, and built on care for each other. But these two young men, they made two really poor decisions. And that's not going to define us in the back end of the season. We're not going to look back on this and go, oh, look at that. But we've got to learn our lesson from it because, as you mentioned, we're in a position where um, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're right on the borderline of, of going over um, into, into the next sort of stage of punishments, which... Um, are pretty severe, so we're on heightened alert as well. We know that mm. we need to to maintain the the regulations as every side does up here. So, um, I mean, it, it, for us, it's I say it's a learning lesson, but it's yeah, it's a it's a one a very expensive one, mm. um, and two, it's a it's it's been a pretty damaging one for the brand of the, of the club, and, yep. and we're really disappointed about that. I think what people would respect from what you said earlier is that you labelled it straight away. It's not a mistake because that brushes it off, but as a very, very poor choice and a bad choice that those guys made. And I think those kind of words are important when things are being addressed. Um, You mentioned it before, but this has led to people and these sort of conversations had been brewing a little through the year after just little things here and there that have cropped up uh, during Richmond's season. But your culture now as a club and your attitudes are being called uh, into question by some people during the media. How does that sit with you, and, and how do you feel like you'd like to respond to that? Do you feel like the club now has a culture problem? Do you feel like the club is now arrogant and can and, and are able to do whatever you want because you've won a couple of premierships? Because these are some of the things that are being levelled at the Tigers and at the players at the moment. Yeah, look, I, 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 well, I completely disagree with um, the word arrogant as, as this football club. Um we're, we've got some extremely humble people in here mm. and, and they would cringe uh, yep. hearing that. And I would cringe about them saying that about our people. Um, I think there's a, the difference is the brand has really been affected and, and it's a brand that we like. We do so much work on and that's the hard thing for us is that we mm. look at this and go, geez, that's really hurt our brand. And we do um, some amazing things in the Lana Mellon Foundation space. Black yep. Lives Matter has been, well, I feel like we've been the, the, the industry leader in that. Uh, KGI and all these other programs that that happen behind the scenes that we put and players put a lot of energy in and, and staff at this football club put a lot of energy in and that's been really hurt by this because they're our partners and they're, and, and they're things that we care about and, and they've been brought into to, um, the spotlight because of the actions of two. The the culture is... It's the bounce back. The culture is, is the other things I'm speaking about. The actual... What, what, well, what are we going to do now? It's It's... Yes, we've we've stuffed up, and yes, the brand's been affected, and and yes, we've lost some respect from from people in the industry, from other supporters, and from our own supporters. Of we'd be feeling down about the way that the club's been painted at the moment. But the culture mm. is what you do next. How, how do you bounce back? What, how do you prepare and put this behind and get ready for for Friday night, as you said off the top, in a massive game of AFL football? How do you look after your people to get them through and get them going again? So it's. The culture will be what pans out over the next period of time. 
And that's not just the back end of the season, but that's on in, into the future. And that's how our young men will grow and young women in our, in our AFLW program will grow. So that is the culture of, of the football club. And, and I have a firm and strong belief that the leaders that we have around this club, and that's players, Peggy, Brendan, Dimmer, everyone that's in a senior management position is pushing in the right direction. We've had a, we've had a, a couple of slip-ups and a couple of massive blues, but we are pushing in the right direction. We learn, we grow, and we've been planted again. So we, it, it, it will be, the, I suppose, the true, the true showing of culture. There's varying texts coming through from Richmond fans uh, on the plus and the negative side uh, and from fans of other clubs as well. But what would you say to fans of your club? And there are some of them uh, and plenty of them. It's about half and half at the moment. Um, obviously very supportive, but voicing their disappointment at the club at the moment. What would you say to the, to the fans who are really disappointed in what's happened here? On, on, and there's varying things that they might be disappointed to in, in, in this story, but... To encapsulate it, what would you say to someone who said, "I'm really, I'm really feel let down by the club from this"? Yeah, look, I think I'd just empathise with them and, and, mm. and say that we, we are in that position as well. There's players here that that are gutted, absolutely gutted about what's happened because they've been dragged into something that is so against the grain of of, of their own ethos and the club ethos. So we're we're hurting as well, um, and we we the last thing that the players want. Is to be in the media for the for the wrong reasons, and that's 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 all I can really say is that we are we are bloody hurting as mm. well. It's 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 really uh, it's really cut deep in in a lot of our guys, and um and I think that's what steals us to go well. How can I make up for this mistake? Like how can I how can I get the get the love and get the connection back to those fans that that have been hurt because they I mean we've got a hundred thousand members that. That have paid their money up, and 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 I, I can I can empathise with them that they are hurting because I'm feeling the same feelings, and other players that are that are down here in the hallway that have moved away from their families and whatnot in all different circumstances are feeling the same feelings. So that's all all I can really say. Yep, and there's a text here that I, I think probably sums that up. Friday night might be important, but not as important as Tigers building respect at the moment. And that's from a Tigers fan. Uh, and I think that's exactly what you're saying. You know, there's a big game Friday night. And we're just about to talk about that. So, Jack, we've, we appreciate you addressing that. Um, and you've had to front up a couple of times this year, and, and we appreciate you doing that. And as I said during the start... When your name's in the title of the show, you sort of have to, but it's not an easy thing to do, and we, we appreciate you taking you through it. Uh, let's go back to Richmond, 8856, defeating Frio, 4529. Feels like a lifetime ago now, a long time ago, but it was a, a grind of a win. They really made you work hard for it, and it was ironic that you were speaking with such um, uh, love for Reese Conker. Uh, he really got under the skin of a couple, and uh, it was great to see uh, him really getting involved and taking it up to his old team, and they did that to all of you, but but importantly, you got the win in the end. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was. A, it was a really tough game, and, and I spoke about this on last week's show. And that the the defensive mindset that that Longmuir had brought from Collingwood and and taken it to to Fremantle was a really good structure. And we had to almost had to had to play some 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 really good footy and not, and not beautiful football and the football that we love to see. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just going to have a quick. That's all right, mate. You have a drink. This is, no, you do that. And this is the Coach's Corner for Host Plus, proud superannuation partner of the Richmond Tigers. This was Damien Hardwick.
Yeah, we played four games in 16 days and I thought our boys looked a little jaded, to be fair, and we sort of asked for a little bit of a lift at three-quarter time and they responded. I don't do it often, but I could notice the guy over the far stand go and give it to him, give it sort of thing <laughs> as, I was, as I was yelling. So it's not something that we, we like to do, but sometimes just that we just need a little bit of a spark and a bit of a response and I probably need to provide a little bit of that for a period of time, but I certainly needed a drink after, after it. Uh, you've just had a drink there, Jack. What was uh, Host Plus? We go with you, uh, Coach's Corner for Host Plus. What was the spray like that Dimmer served you? Decent. Yeah, decent. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, funny because the crowd was pretty... <clears throat> we only had sort of maybe 1,500, 2,000 people at the footy. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, it was... Uh, yeah, you could hear it all around the stadium. <laughs> it was it was scary, actually. It was really, really scary. Uh, look, we're going to let you uh, get your tonsils uh, sorted out and the, vo- the vocal cords just limbered up ever so slightly, mate. Take another drink. We'll come back. Uh, we're going to walk through what is going to be a huge clash. As I said, this could be game of the year. Uh, it's got all the billings of an absolute classic, Geelong and Richmond. As you said, Jack, we've got a lot to play for uh, this week So, uh, in terms of a Richmond point of view. So we will come back and talk about that very soon. We'll be joined by Basha Hooley as well. Sean Grigg, uh, the Premiership Ruckman, will be on the show as well. And that's all still to come on Jack Rewalt's Tiger Time for Swintopia. Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Visit Swintopia to experience student life unrestricted. Welcome back to Jack Rewald's Tiger Time. We do it all for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Time to cross back to the Richmond Hub where you've got a very special guest with you, Jack. Yes, Sam. Thank you, mate. I, uh, well, I'm very lucky to be joined by um, one of the most esteemed uh, Richmond men uh, in our organisation. Uh, I think he's held up there probably even in the AFL organisation, uh, players and, and all parts of the AFL industry, this man is held in very high regard. Basher, welcome to Tiger Time. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thanks for the uh, the humble uh, introduction, my friend. Oh, well, <laughs> well, let's start things off. In, um, you, you didn't come up in the original hub uh, and, and there's a few reasons for, for why you stayed back. Your mum, who, who tested positive to, to COVID, um, just give us a bit of an update on how she's going. Yeah, she's uh, she's uh, she's a strong lady, Jack. Yep. To be quite honest, I mean, obviously there's been a power of work from you know a great team that took care of her, but naturally she's uh, she's a village girl, and then you know the village girls back in the olden days they're they're very strong, and even when they're sick, they 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 tell you that they're not sick, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with them, and that was the situation with her when she first. Um, uh, got sick and you know obviously she brushed it off as normal but um, you know she first went to hospital um, uh, through uh, through a, a fall that she obviously she she, she fell um, she hurt her uh, ribs um, so she she went to hospital first to get uh, x-rays and that and then uh, uh, and then got the tests while she was there because there was a few family members that um, you know had been in contact with um, you know people that were that had that were test positive um, and then, yeah, she just went downhill really quick um, from that. Uh, and uh, she was the only family member that kind of um, suffered the, the bad end of, of COVID. Everyone else was, was pretty good. There was uh, very minimal to, to no symptoms at all. Uh, but she's good. She's been at home now for a week. She's absolutely wrapped. Um, you know, she was struggling for a good period after she, she came out of intensive care. And um, she just wanted to go home. And the reality, she's a lady that's always around people, big community, big family. So she truly missed that. Uh, uh, but she's doing really well and very happy at home now. Well, I'm great. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely rapt to hear that. And, and 
the, uh, the the more positive side to, to why you weren't up here is obviously the birth of your son, Muhammad. Mm. How's little Mo going? He's uh, he's up here in the hub um, with your with your two girls as well. Mm. Uh, he's travelling along nicely. Yeah, well, I think so. He's uh, he's sleeping pretty well. well yep. I, don't, I don't really know. I'm in the other room at the moment. Yeah. Oh, so so what's the room set up? You, well, Ruba's well, in the other room with Muhammad. Ruba's, yeah, Ruba's just the most unselfish person in the world. She's she's always thinking about my preparation and uh, you know about me. But uh, uh, you know, she just said, "Look, well, why should we both miss out on quality sleep?" Uh, you know, we're up here for your, um, you know, for football, and that's that's what we're up here for. And you know, it's important that you get the the right rest and stuff like that. But I th- from all reports, um, as of late, she's uh, he's he's sleeping through, which is great. I think one feed throughout the night. Um, but yeah, she's started to get some some good rest now. And speaking of quality sleep, I've been getting plenty of that on my Regal mattress here. You actually <laughs> just sat on it. You just sat on it before. <laughs> no, what did you think? It was pretty nice, that wasn't it? Hey, I noticed the difference straight away as soon as I jumped on that bed. So um, yeah, no, good good work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mate. Now we, we were both drafted along with Shane Edwards and um, and a few other Richmond players um, at the end of 2006. You were drafted to Essendon. Um, Early second round or late first round? I'm trying 42 to think. or 43, I think. Okay, so, so sort of sec- second round draft pick. You've mm-hmm. come from the Western Jets. Now, the stories I always hear, and I didn't have a lot to do with Melbourne football, but Western, Western Jets are part of the TAC Cup program. Shane Edwards tells this story a little bit better than I do, I do, but there was always a myth about this kid called Basher who had a beard at the age of 16, went around kicking 15... In uh, in local footy, is is that true? Have you always been a little bit like? Because you you're probably like, you've got a very good beard, you're very well built. Have you always been a bit bigger than other people? Because I want to I want to put an end to these rumours and see whether they're true or not. Were you an absolute machine when you were 14 years of age? Well, I'm not going to say I was an absolute machine, but what I'll I'll give you some basic stats, and obviously there's all facts of these and uh, truth to it, but. Um, my first shave was at the age at the age of eleven, which I shared <laughs> the with the age boys of eleven. The other day. <laughs> I was kind of forcing it. Well, I needed the shave, so um, and uh, I was fully grown by the age of fourteen. So yeah. I was this big, which is not really big, but in comparison to a fourteen-year-old, it was I was pretty big as a fourteen-year-old, and uh, and yeah, I just roamed around kicking a lot of goals. And um, I remember one year on the fourteens, I kicked. Um, uh, 39 goals in two games to bring up my hundredth game, hundredth goal. So 12 games, I kicked 102 goals, uh, which was very, uh, very fun. Um, it's obviously were you uh, playing centre half forward, or were you playing at half back? Ruck, uh, and then last quarter I'd go and just top up the goals. And um, I remember one game kicked 10 goals in the last quarter just to to bring up my hundredth goal. So it's a bit of fun, and I th- obviously the, the days have changed, and I'm lucky to kick one goal a year these days. <laughs> well, I do want to go back to a game where you did kick a very, very infamous goal, and, and start to talk about your footy from here. 2017 Grand Final, um, in my eyes, absolutely stooged of the Norm Smith medal, mate, but. Like 2017, could you imagine a rise back from from where we were at 2016 to to obviously then play in the grand final, win it, and for yourself to perform as well as you did? Could it have gone any better for you, do you reckon? No, absolutely not. And I'll, you know, obviously, uh, you know, considering where I was in 2016, I mean, the whole club itself was, uh, you know, obviously left with a few question marks and where we're heading. And for me personally, I was almost, you know, is it, am I done? Am I? Do I really want to continue? I just wasn't enjoying my football off the, off the back of that season. I, I, I suffered a, a wrist injury that put me out for about 12 or 13 games as well. So things weren't going too well. So to bounce back and to see the culture change at the football club and then you know finally just really enjoying the environment of football um, and, and, and turning up to the football club and 
really wanting to be there as opposed to having to be there. Um, you know, there was no coincidence that, you know, we, we, we excelled that year and things started to, you know, to, to gel really well. And, you know, for us, we we played um, majority of that season free uh, with, with full of enjoyment. Um, and, you know, obviously there's nothing to lose. And that's, I think that's the way our approach was into was into that final series. And, um, you know, for us, we were always seen as the underdogs and just go out and play and have fun and put a smile on our face. And one memorable moment from that grand final was, uh, you know, the, the team photo, mate. It's, if you look at the team it's photo, a ripper, it's, it? it's a ripper. It's one that you will remember uh, for the rest of your life. We've, it's full of smiles and, you know, just that young kid, as a young kid just out there just wanting to have fun and, and full, full of excitement. And, uh, like, moving on from, from 2017, and, and like I said, you're... Um, Absolutely stiff not to, to win the Norm Smith medal. Um, I think they might have given it to Dusty just because, oh, well, it's won Dusty. <laughs> He's won everything else. Why not? 2018 All-Australian. Uh, 19. 19, sorry. 2019 All-Australian in, in a premiership year. Do you think last year was was your best year of footy or your most consistent year of footy that you, you've put on the park over, well, now 14 years of football? Mm, yeah, I think it was. Obviously, the, you know, the, uh, the, the kind of the... Um, you know the uh, announcement of the obviously all Australian probably states that, but I feel like my whole career has it's generally been pretty consistent. I, you know I haven't really dominated the competition or um, or had a really really bad year uh, apart from those years that I, I was out for a period of time with injury. But I feel like I've my career I, I'd like to call myself that I've I've I kind of played consistent football, uh, and then 2019 was just just the year of. Um, I was just fully relaxed, my friend. I just, uh, you know, I just wanted to. I kind of like. Did tw- did, did twenty seventeen complete you a little bit? Then, then this is sort of there was sort of. Now it's a bit of the icing on on top yeah. of the cake. Is that what you're sort of Absolutely. getting at? Absolutely. And after two thousand seventeen, it was just purely just whatever comes is a bonus, and that's how I, I approached two thousand eighteen. And then I was obviously suffered, you know, a groin injury in, in eighteen. With I missed out on ten or eleven games, so that was kind of interrupted. But nineteen, I missed three games through a hemi. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I had a really good preseason, um, and then obviously the games leading up to to the to round one, I just felt really confident, um, and I, I think I think I'm a confidence player, and probably most players are out there. Um, and I just I just felt like I, I I grew stronger and more confident and more relaxed uh, approaching my football. And this year, mate, you you obviously we've documented that you stayed in Melbourne um, mm. and missed the first half and missed a, a big chunk of games. How have you felt that you've come back into the side has it been hard to adjust to, to coming back in or have you sort of just been wanting just chomping at the bit to get up here and get going that it's come in and you're just all guns are blazing yeah look to, to be honest having those those weeks off is a blessing for me um it's actually made me appreciate football so much you know at times you, you go through the season and you know you go through hiccups and and you question yourself is it is do i want to keep doing this um so I was questioning myself throughout uh, times throughout this year, um, but having that five or six weeks off made me really appreciate the game, uh, and I really missed it. And I was willing to do whatever it takes to get up here and contribute and and, and come back and play the game that I love. And I'm actually enjoying my football, Jack. And I know I'm I'm, I'm 32, but um, you know I'm really enjoying my football, and I feel like I've got so much more to offer. Um, you know, coming back straight back into the team and uh, playing some, some consistent football and uh, trying to contribute to to, to our performances. Um, so I'm really yeah, really grateful for this, and uh, I definitely uh, still enjoy my football. I want to change tact a little bit to to the off field part of your life, which is it's obviously a massive massive part of life. Your, your religion and your ability to set up the the Bashir Hawley Foundation, who 
um, I, I, I partnered with Swinburne, the major partner of, of Tiger Time. What's uh, what? What are Swinburne doing for for Bashahuli Foundation? Yeah, well, um, they're obviously evaluating all our programs. So um, you know, obviously, government who uh, heavily support our programs want um, reports of how the programs are going. Uh, and there's none better than Swinburne. You know, they're they're doing some great evaluations and uh, giving uh, giving obviously the right people the right information. Um, and uh, yeah, they're valuing all all our programs. It's been a bit of a challenge this year, obviously, with a lot of online programs. Uh, but the reality is, we've got to keep keep going and keep um, you know keep these young men and women uh, in good stead, uh, even though it's not face to face. But uh, running leadership sessions is very important. So they're evaluating our programs and giving uh, giving us the right feedback. And um, you know, obviously, we've got to keep these programs going. And the foundation's taken kids and young Muslim kids all over the world and given them some amazing experiences. And one that I love hearing about is taking kids to or taking people to, to uh, the Middle East yeah. um, and um, also going to Mecca mm. for, for well, there's a lot of people out there that are listening that aren't Muslim and, mm. and would, would have heard of Mecca but what's it, the pilgrimage to Mecca what does it actually entail in a sort of layman's view yeah, like, it's, it's, cause it's, it's, it is for you it's the the most special it is, place yeah. in the world isn't it it definitely is and it's, it's always a hard one to explain it is one of the five pillars that we the fund fundamentals of Islam. Uh, it is the fifth pillar, so not necessarily the the least important of the five pillars, but it's the one that you've got exemptions if you can't fulfil that. You know, being that because it costs money, it costs like probably ten or twelve grand to go and visit. Um, you know, for hotels and accommodation. That so not everyone can afford that. So it's kind of you're exempted if you can't afford it. You know, and if you're you know ill, you don't have to go exempted. Uh, as opposed to prayer, prayer you, sh you should never neglect your five daily prayers, and uh, there's no really excuse unless you're on your de deathbed, uh, God forbid. But um, for me, it is a special time, mate. It's uh, it's a time where everyone is doing the exact same thing, and there for the same purpose, and that is to worship, worship God and using that time of the year just to wind down and reflect on their on their day to day life, and you know, just it's it's like, it's like a take a step back and. Um, and and try to um, revisit what your true purpose in life is. And you look around, and you know everyone's in the same clothing. You know, regardless of how rich you are, how poor, you will not know the difference between one person to the other. You might be standing right beside someone in prayer who's worth forty billion dollars, or you might be standing someone right next to you that's got no money at all, but they've all got a smile on their face, a sign of you know that everyone's humble and uh, there for the same purpose. So, you know, uh, for me, it's just winding down. And uh, and really just sharing some some time with my own self, I guess. Yeah, it's a um, it's a very reflective piece and something that I think. Whilst there's a lot of people in this football football club, sorry that that aren't Muslim, I think what you've done, mate, and and how you've rubbed off on people here has has had a big part to do with with this culture. Uh, well, there you go, Sammy Basha Hawley in a nutshell. Bash, thanks for joining us, mate, here on Tiger Time. We really appreciate it and. Uh, Good luck for the back end of the season. I'm excited to have you back up here in the hub, mate, and you're playing great footy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. There you go, Sammy. Magnificent stuff, Jack, from you and from Basher, the All-Australian and two-time Premiership player, a very special guest on Jack Rewalt's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Stick around. Plenty more to come, including the Premiership Ruckman himself, Sean Grigg, ahead of the Tigers' big clash with Geelong. On SEM, Jack Revolt's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience.
The Premiership Ruckman, Sean Griggs, still to join us on Jack Rewald's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's Open World Experience. Now, Jack, you got a special delivery during the week, I understand. Yes, I did. It's always uh, pandemonium up here when the delivery man rocks in, rolls through the gates here at, at our hub and uh, the boys run to the desk there to see what we've been delivered. And I have been delivered. The, what, I, what can only be described as the Louis Vuitton Ooh. of drink bottles. And we've got a really interesting drink bottle culture up here. A lot of guys like the hate single-use plastic. So yes. Dave Asprey, Dylan Grimes, Nick Loston, they're looking at this, my new drink bottle, which is a memo drink bottle. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're after one. They're after one, and we've got the man that designed these drink bottles, and he is a part of Swinburne's alumni, and that is Jesse Leeworthy. Jesse, how are you, mate? Uh, good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No, no drama. Welcome to Tiger Time, mate. Now, thank you for the drink bottles. I appreciate you sending them up here. Uh, no problem. First things first, how does someone get into designing drink bottles, and where, and where, where what part of uh, Swinburne did you study in to become a drink bottle designer? Um, yeah, so I, I studied product design engineering. Um, uh, the, so I'll tell you how the memo bottle came about. It was like there were two main reasons. Um, the first one was the massive amounts of single-use drink bottles that are being consumed. Uh, we realised that there were over 480 billion, billion being produced every year and only 20% of them were being recycled. And so like we thought, all right, we're going to do something about this. Um, and then the other reason came about when I was studying at Swinburne. Um, I used to have a, a constant battle with fitting cylindrical water bottles in my bag. Uh, I always ended up with a massive bulge. And so we thought about how all the items that we put in our bags are flat, like laptops and books. And, um, and so we designed the memo bottle in the shape of international paper sizes and made it flat so that it was optimised for fitting in a bag and um, I guess it's also perfect for slipping into the backpack or duffel bag when heading down to the oval for footy training. Well it's becoming a cultural piece up here because I've been rocking it left right and centre there's a lot of guys that look at these and think yeah well that's probably one well one it looks great Uh, but it's very practical as well. Final question mate when can we see these as the AFL standard drink bottle is it uh, what next year or the year after what's uh, what's the thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I'm not sure where we've got to get into as uh, many people's hands as possible, I think. Definitely. Well, there you go, uh, Sammy Boy. Uh, Jesse, who's designed the, well, I've described it as a Louis Vuitton. It's uh, <laughs> wonderfully explained. Uh, Louis it... Vuitton drink bottle of, of, the, the, uh, of the drink bottle industry. But uh, Swinburne can take you anywhere, absolutely anywhere, designing drink bottles. Jesse, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, no worries. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. There we go. Uh, Jesse Leeworthy studied engineering at Swinburne and now has uh, designed the memo bottle, which you're very, very happy with, Jack Rewalt. And um, before we get on to Geelong and Richmond Friday night, uh, the Alana Madeline Foundation's Light the Darkness campaign has launched. Donate today at amf.org.au forward slash footy donate or purchase an Alana and Madeline Foundation membership at membership.richmondfc.com.au. We encourage everybody to try and donate if they can. We know that people are doing it tough right now, Jack, but anything you can spare, it's going to a, a brilliant cause, as you know all too well. Um, yeah, it is. It's one of the great spectacles, the Alana Madeline Foundation game, Sammy. It's... Uh 
Yeah, it's a special game for us, and unfortunately, we're paying away from the G this year. Uh, this year, but it certainly is a big game for obviously Alana and Madeline, but also a big game for both sides coming up Friday night. Absolutely. Hey, we don't have too much time left because we've got to get to Sean Grigg, the Premiership Ruckman. But what about this Richmond Geelong Friday night? They've gone to. Uh, they are in absolutely uh, very very sharp nick Geelong. Uh, massive performance over Essendon, and uh, it's second v fourth. Yeah, it is. It's a big game for us, obviously. Um, we'll have uh, possibly have big ramifications on, on top four. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting for us. It's, uh, it's good. We like to pit ourselves against the best, and, and uh, we are certainly looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to chatting to Sean Grigg and maybe getting some secret details off him about what Geelong are going to bring. Ray off the text says that uh, Tom Hawkins is the key for them. If you can shut him down, then you go a long way to winning it. He's not far wrong. Yeah, he's not far wrong, Ray. You're, um, you're, you're on the money there. And I think the job will go to Noah Bolter, um, who has been a, uh, well, a darling of this show. We've yes. loved the way he's gone about it. A lot it, of texts so. coming through about him, even though we haven't mentioned him once. No, we haven't mentioned him or not. I've been making sure that we haven't mentioned him. But, um, no, he'll, he'll get the big job. We might get a few changes back. I'm, I'm hoping that Kane Lambert's, um, he's going to be right to go. And Dylan Grimes is 50-50. So we'll see later in the week when he trains to see whether he's right to go. Uh, could be the match of the year. You'll hear it right here on AFL Nation. Jack Rewalt's Tiger Time for Swintopia. The best of Swinburne life brought closer to you. Great to have your company on Jack Rewald's Tiger Time for Swintopia, Swinburne University of Technology's open world experience. Sam Hargrave is joining Jack this week. And Jack, this is a time each week where we check in on a former Tiger who's now entrenched in enemy territory. And this week's guest is exactly that. Yes, thanks, Sam. It is uh, time for the time-honoured uh, two-timing Tiger. And uh, we are going to chat to the great man. He was a premiership ruckman in 2017. He's moved down the highway to Geelong to coach the... Uh, well, we'll find out what he's coaching down there. And that, of course, is Sean Grigg. Grigger, welcome to Tiger Time. How are you, mate? Thank you, Jackie Roy. Thanks for having me on, mate. I've been a keen listener to the show. It's going great. Oh, you've been listening, have you? Absolutely, mate. Anything to do with you, I'll support. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Well, I really appreciate it. Now, well, you, I did mention off the top there, mate, you've moved down to Catland and they are the opposition this week for the Mighty Tigers. What's the role down at Geelong and what have you been, uh, who have you been looking after down there? Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, I've, re- I've really enjoyed um, my time at the Cats, although it being brief. Uh, the Hub has, has been a different experience, but for my own personal development with the team, it's been pretty good because we've, we've had so much time together and you know, getting to know the young players and, and all the other coaches as well. We've got another another ex-Tiger in the coaching ranks as well, Matty Knight, the ex-captain. So he's taken me under his wing and he's been a great support. But uh, my role predominantly is uh, in development. So, you know, the, the younger type of players, um, which which has been really fun and, um, you know, something that I, I enjoyed doing in the back end of my career at the Tigers is having an interest with the young boy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Well, this player isn't a young boy, but he's uh, very new to the Geelong Football Club. And that is, of course, Josh Jenkins, who debuted last week for the Geelong Football Club. Now, I, I mentioned his name because there's a very funny story about you versus him in the ruck. Um, and Dustin <laughs> Martin, who, who, who's obviously the superstar Dustin Martin, two-time Norm Smith medalist, uh, Brownlow medalist, um, bet you $50 when you were in a centre bounce against him that you couldn't jump over the top of him and get a hit out, which you proceeded to do. Uh, Dustin has paid you for the bet, hasn't he? <laughs> He paid me straight after we sung the song later that day. <laughs> so he paid you straight after. But have you mentioned this to Josh Jenkins yet, that there, there was a there was a wager had against him via you in the ruck? I haven't mentioned that there was a wager, but I have brought it up about our hustle in the ruck and me actually getting a couple of hit-outs. But I didn't mention um, there was a bit of a wager. 
Um, I'm just going to write that down. That's the big fellow was back. Sledge. The big fellow was back in the ruck uh, on the weekend. The Joshy Jenkins. Uh, he did a good job against Sammy Draper as well. Yeah, that's my number one sledge for the weekend. Uh, all sorted, <laughs> well, mate. You are, you, you're a bit you, well. Probably summed up Richmond's 2017 Premiership better than anyone else. You, you, you're obviously you played a lot of footy on the wing, mate. Very smart footballer, and then all of a sudden became a, a, a backup ruckman. When you look back on it now, and you look back over the years, and, and I know you, this is a really proud part of your um, of your journey and your story, you're going to look back and see yourself as as a Premiership ruckman. How, how does that make you feel? Oh, the Premiership ruckman it does get uh, carried on a little bit. I was just a bit of a you lead the charge with it, don't lie. Yeah, I do, yeah. I like to claim it, you're right. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. Obviously, it was just to help out Toby, you know, for little spurts in quarters. And I used to joke around with the opposition ruckman and and have a bit of fun with them. And, you know, it was just something so different that they, those guys had never come up against. And, yeah, to, to create something special to be involved in that year was, um, you know, was unbelievable. And, you know, we were sort of up against it all year. You know, our forward line, you were, the, you were sort of the only tall forward. And, Everyone sort of said, you know, we're too young or we're too small or, you know, we had those close losses in the year and it was the old, oh, that's the old Richmond and Richmond did to lose those games. And so to be, you know, everything going against us and for us to just galvanise and come together and do something special is sometimes now I just catch myself and have a think about it and have a smile. And one last quick one before I let you go, mate. You played with some fantastic players over the journey. If you had to single one player out as the, as the best player you played with, who do you think it would be? The best player. The best player. Uh, probably. I, I really liked Ramsey when he started to develop. And once he he would he would obviously beat his own opponent. And then he, the growth in his game was to he was able to beat his opponent, but then also help everyone else. So I thought that was, um, you know, sort of tip, typified what what we were about. And then also yourself, how you sacrificed your game as you got a bit older, and um, didn't snap him over your head all the time and handballed a few off and created some contests. I think that was that was. A good turning point as well, and while our small forward line worked so well in 2017, big fella. Well, thank you, mate. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the cheering from you there. And uh, look, mate, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on Tiger Time. You are one of the most loved players to have ever played at this football club. One of the interesting stories. Got you over from the Blue Baggers, mate. And um, 2017 will forever be etched in history and what you did for us in 2019, mate. So I will say good luck, but. I'll be cheering for the Tigers on the weekend, mate, and uh, no doubt we'll see you soon. Okay, mate. Now, you just watch out for those double team and triple teams that's coming your way this weekend, big fella. Oh, we'll look forward to it. That's why we got Lynchy, mate. He's the decoy. <laughs> so, thank you very much, Grigger. Uh, there you go, Sam. A stalwart of the Richmond Football Club. He's now down the highway. Well, he's oh, he's so down the highway, but he's across town here in the Gold Coast. Sean Grigg, an absolute warrior for the Richmond Football Club, is one of the great men of the football club as well. Oh, he's become a cold hero, hasn't he? The Premiership Ruckman himself. Sean Grigg there, now an assistant coach at Geelong. And that's it for Jack Rewald's Tiger Time this week, Jack. It's been a big week, a difficult week, but you now get to look ahead to a huge clash on Friday. It's going to be massive. Friday footy, Richmond and Geelong. It should be an absolute belter. Thanks, Sammy. Yes, no, mate. It's um, it's been a well, I suppose it's been a tough week for the football club, and I think for our fans and for everyone, we're just excited to get out there on Friday and, and let our football do the talking, mate. And I appreciate you filling in for Jack Heverin again tonight, mate. The, the show's run smoothly, um, and looking forward to uh, to next week and obviously Friday night, mate. Jack Rewald's Tiger Time for Swintopia, the best of Swinburne life, brought closer to you. Up next, AFL Nation. It's Melbourne taking on Fremantle.